everyone welcome back to channel monday the podcast your number one place for all things personal growth and intentional living today we have a very very special guest that i've been trying to get on here for the longest time and i cannot wait for you guys to meet her her name is katie she is the founder of work thrive she's the host of the work thrive podcast she's also a content creator and consultant and after i met katie last year was it 2019 we met I was literally mm-hmm. just in awe of you, your wisdom, your work ethic, and just how you approach things. And I'm very excited to share her with you guys and learn what Miss Katie Glenn is and what made her. <laughs> so, hello. Hey, oh, that that was quite the intro. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that intro. But <laughs> um, so I'm going to start with some quick fire questions. And I would love to know what your best habit is. What do you think it is? Yeah, so I think my best habit is I'm like super reflective. Um, It's just part of my character. It's just how I've always been. Um, And so I make room for that in my life. I set set, set aside time, whether it's in the morning or in the um, afternoon, in the evening, to really think about um, how am I doing? Like, how am I really doing today? Like, not just, okay, going on autopilot because I've been in that before. How am I really doing? So yeah, I'm really reflective. I make time for reflection um, as often as possible. Yeah, I think the people that, there's things about different people that draw me to them the most. And I think one of the factors is people who are very self-aware. You can like look Mm -hmm. back at themselves and ask themselves certain questions. Like, as you said, how am I doing? Like, what did I do today that I'm proud of? Just things that... Mm -hmm someone who's very self-aware you can learn learn a lot from them and they can learn a lot from themselves when it comes to their growth so yeah I like that um what would you say your worst habit is or not your favorite habit oh um I I don't even know which one to choose but I'm gonna go with I (laughs) I see I'm very honest with myself like I believe in radical honesty but um I'm a chronic overfunctioner. like I I just feel like I need to be doing the most all the time, constantly. And it's like, I run myself into burnout just over and over again. Um, So I'd say my worst habit is just like feeling the need to constantly be doing everything. And I feel like I always need to be on. So I almost do too much and I make an effort to do too much. Um, So that's definitely something that I've been working on. It's on my list of things to work through this year. Um, But yeah, I'm a chronic overfunctioner for sure. How do you like combat the burnout from that? Um, To be honest with you, I think I'm only coming out of a very, I'd say probably like a two, three year long burnout, just like constant. And I only realized that because I got very ill in July and my body just completely shut down on me. And I realized that actually I've been functioning with burnout for a very, very, very long time. Like even when I thought I was resting, I actually wasn't resting because I wasn't giving myself the space to be away from any kind of work. Like, you know, when you have a business and you have a full-time job and you're creating content and you're, you're doing you're doing the most, you're doing everything all at once. Yeah. Um, and I was doing that for a very long time. And I was going on holidays thinking, yeah, you know, I'm resting, but truthfully I was on holidays like oh yeah I got this idea that's like flush it out by the beach like what is wrong with you sis like no do you know what I mean so the way that I'm working through that is that now I'm working in sprints where it's just it's this agile approach to how I how I live how I work where 
I will work for the like eight to 12 weeks, depending on, on how projects are going. And then at that point, I'll take a week off, no work, no business, no content, absolutely nothing. Like it's just me for a week, whether I'm going on holiday, you know, COVID considered, um, <laughs> but whether I'm going on holiday or I'm just at home or I'm going to the spa for a week or something like that, I'm making it my priority to work in cycles because I'm not a, I'm not the kind of person who will just tell myself, oh yeah, I'm going to take the day off and actually take the day off. I ha- actually have to plan it and I have to be intentional about it. Yeah. So it's seeing it's seeing my life as a marathon, but knowing that in between that, I need to actually have space and I need to take care of myself because otherwise, you know, if you're going full paced at a marathon, you're going to burn out at some point. Exactly know? that. And I think and for someone- pace yourself. Yeah. For someone who's an over, over-functioner, did you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so important that you have to like schedule your rest because if you just take a day, then that guilt is just sitting on the back of your head and you can't fully yeah. sit and rest. And I think- I have elements of that where if I'm just, if I've just decided to do nothing today, I cannot sit, my heart can't sit with that. So it's like, I have to mm-hmm. schedule it so far in advance for me to actually enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I can relate to that. Um, how did Work Thrive become Work Thrive? So before Work Thrive, there was uh, Girl Thrive and Girl Thrive was basically, I was, um, I decided not to go to uni. That's a very long story, but I made a decision not to go to university um, and instead do an apprenticeship in project management. Um, And because of that, I entered like the work world very early. Um, And when I say the work world, like corporate, like I went very corporate at 18 um, years old. And that was a a wake up call that I almost wasn't prepared for, but I needed because I realized that we just weren't being taught what we needed in school. And as somebody who was always an academic, I loved learning. I was good at it. I was good at school. It was really good. Um, but then you go into the work world. It's just like, um, what's yeah. an email etiquette? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. And I found myself like Googling all these things because there was nobody really there to tell me, okay, you need to build your personal brand in the workplace. This is what your CV needs to look like. You need to have results and not just like skills. Um, all the things that we'd, we were not actually taught in school about actual real life. Um, I found myself struggling to try and figure it all out. And so I turned to what I usually turn to, which is Google and YouTube. Like I'm the generation of like, if I don't know the answer, I'm just going to Google it or YouTube it. (laughs) You know, I'll figure, I'll find it somehow. And over the course of probably about uh, two years, by that time, I was doing really well. Um, you know, I got a hang of it. I was building my personal brand. Um, I moved jobs, you know, I, I was just, it. everything was working out. I was figuring it out, right? And then my friends were leaving university um, and they were just like, oh, actually you're in the work world. Help me with my CV. How do I do this interview? I've got this coming up. How do I negotiate my salary? Do, am I okay to negotiate my salary at this age? And all of those things. And I I thought at university, this is something I was like, okay, if we're not going to learn it at secondary school, you're at least going to learn it because they're going to teach you it and show you what you need to do because you're paying nine grand a year. And that was not the case. I was having conversations with my friends and they were just like, yeah, we've never, they give us a template for our CVs and tell us to go do it. And that's it. And I was just like, but you're paying nine grand. Like, this is so bizarre to me. 
So I found myself like working with my friends, working with their CVs, helping them with like interviews. And then it became friends of friends of friends to the point where I was being paid to like help people with their CVs. Um, So I did that for a while where um, I do audits on CVs. I'd help people like go through interview processes. And outside of like the competency stuff, I also found myself doing like the personal development and like the mindset, like really talking to them about, okay, right, you've gone from uni to like a full-time job. You need to build a routine. Like you need to have a morning routine and an after work routine because otherwise it will all come down crashing. (laughs) And so working through that and like coaching at this point I'm like 20 and I'm like coaching these people through it who also are older than me because they're like 21 um and I'm having these conversations with them and I'm realizing that I keep having the same conversations over and over again it didn't matter what university it was it didn't matter um who it was or what they studied it was the same conversation I was having and so I thought okay uh, there has to be an easier way to do this and so that's how Girl Thrive came. And I found myself like working with um, groups at universities, like going to their unis, giving them talks, um, partnering with the universities to like really yeah. build out what can a, what, what does a career package look like and how can you make sure that you get the best start to uh, once you finish university, how can you get the best start to that? And I was having the same conversation with apprentices. I was an apprentice myself, but I was fortunate that in a, cu- a couple months into um, my apprenticeship, um, I was seconded on a really big, like multi, multi-million pound project, which forced me to like grow up very, very quickly because I had a lot of responsibilities and taking a lot that I was learning and the mentors that I had, um, I was just pouring it back into these uni students. I was like, everything that I know, I'm just gonna give it, give it back to you. And then I thought, okay, this has to go bigger than me now because one, I have a full-time job and I'm trying to do this and I am tired. Like I said, burnout was like knocking on my door, literally Mm -hmm. like breaking it down. And I thought, okay, there has to be another way for me to do this. And I'd always wanted to start a podcast, always. It was just, I was listening to podcasts before podcasts were called podcasts. They were just things you watched on YouTube, you know, like MP3 audio stuff. Like that's what I was doing for a very long time. And I thought, okay, I need to do something about this. And so I made the decision that I'm going to message all the people that like I I know that are doing really great things or people that I would like to have on the podcast and just see what they say. And they were like, oh yeah, this is a great idea. I was like, okay, that's all I needed. You know, I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, Let's get to recording. And then imposter syndrome came in and knocked me completely. And so for a year, I didn't record at all. So I had the idea of the podcast for like over a year. Um, and I didn't record it. I didn't, I didn't launch it. I just didn't, I couldn't find myself to do it because I was like, I'm still so young. Like, who am I to be telling people what they should be doing with their careers? Yeah. Like, who am I? Yeah. Um, and I really had to work through that. It took me a long time to work through that. Um, eventually launching the podcast and then going, okay, now I've got a podcast. How do I want to continue to build this? Because in the background, I was still doing these workshops, still doing these events, you know, still having these one-to-one consultations. And so I've been on that journey of like, okay, how do I structure this and build this out into something that is beyond just a platform, but it's also a community and also provide opportunities. And that's what the next phase of work that I've looked like, where not only do we want to work with universities and I want to work with individuals themselves, but I actually want to work with brands to make sure that we are, we are actually cultivating the kind of environment where young women can actually thrive in the workplace because the future of work is changing so quickly 
um, work life that we knew a year ago is so different from what it looks like now. And organizations and brands and businesses have to consider how that affects young women and what they need to do about it. Because there are some things we're not going to tolerate anymore because it's 2021 and we're not going to have the same kind of conversations anymore. And so my aim now is, okay, now that I, I know how I want to serve my community, how do I then translate that into in a way that I can work with these organizations to make sure that my community is being heard? Yeah. Um, and that's what that next phase looks like for us. But I know that there's a very long-winded hand we get started, but no, yeah. <laughs> I love it. And I'm so excited to see the next phase because when Work Thrive made its internet debut, it just took it by storm and yeah. it just came crashing in and I absolutely loved it. You said you struggled with imposter syndrome for a while. How did you manage to work through that or how are you still working through that? Yeah, I'm still working through it. I have this I have this thing, imposter syndrome is this weird thing with me because on one hand, I'm just like, do I struggle with imposter syndrome or is it the patriarchy that I've kind of just internalized in telling myself that I'm not good enough because I don't meet these certain standards of what a woman is supposed to be? Mm -hmm. um, is it that I've absorbed this? You need to be a certain age before you're able to help other people, before you're able to launch a business or yeah. before you're able to do these kind of things. So is that, is, um, do I actually suffer from imposter syndrome or is it just, I've just absorbed this and I just need to unlearn it. That's it. Doesn't mean I'm an imposter at all, but it's just these things, like these social things, these cultural norms that I just need to unlearn. Or on the other hand, do I suffer from imposter syndrome? Because truly I still lack full awareness of my capabilities. And it's it's the two things that I've been working through. It's just like, okay, I can unlearn, you know, all the stuff that I need to unlearn in terms of like the impact of the patriarchy and all of that kind of stuff. But then I need to go over to the other side and ask myself, why am I so afraid of my own potential? Like, what is it that I'm so afraid of? That makes me feel like I'm not good enough, even for the things that I know that I, I'm pretend, I know that I'm capable of doing it. I know that I'm, I should be taking up space, but for some reason, I feel like I'm not worthy of it. And that's where I've been really working out. What is it that's been holding me behind? And what is it that I've been translating for myself? Like, Katie, you're not good enough. You're unable to do this. Like, what is it? And really it's been such a journey. But one of the things that I decided this year was that I was gonna live without limits. Like if I wanted to do something, I'm going to do it. If I wanted to speak at an event, I do it because it would get so bad where this is the first podcast that I've actually recorded, but it's not the first podcast. Yeah, as a guest, first. but it's, yes. But it's not the first podcast I've been asked to do. Like I have an inbox of like, just go scrolling of just like yeah. request and I've always just been like ah hmm, no mm, way. I don't think I can do it but now this year I've looked at it and I'm just like I'm not doing this anymore where I yeah. put myself on the back burner and the back seat because for so long people didn't even know that I was the one behind work thrive yeah because I would never show up on it exactly. um, and now I'm just like, actually, I want you to see that this is what I've created. And yeah. I want to, you to see who who's created this because there's probably a young girl there who's just like, oh, like who's behind this? And I'm like, oh, it's the girl with the red afro. Like it's, you know, you can, if I can do it, you can do it too kind of thing. Exactly. Um, and so that's how I've been working through it. I've really been 
tackling my own self-esteem and tackling my own confidence issues and tackling the narrative that I tell myself about who I am and what I'm capable of doing, whether that's because of where I'm from or what I've done in the past, all of, all of those narratives, I've really been working through it. And also making sure that I'm checking in my, with my wins and celebrating my wins. I don't celebrate, or at least previously, I just didn't celebrate anything. My birthday didn't celebrate it. My birthday celebration was just going on holiday. And you know me, like when it's my birthday, I'm like, just please, no one, no one just knows. don't put it on social media. <laughs> don't just don't tell anything. Just, just leave it alone. Yeah. But now I'm actually welcoming people. Just be like, it's you know, tell. I'm happy for you to tell me happy birthday. I'm happy for you to send me a gift. I'm not going to fight you on it at all anymore. Yeah. But it's realizing why, why, what is this thing that I have with being celebrated, and how does that translate to how I feel about myself with the work that I do, you know? And and those conversations have helped me so much in figuring out, okay, what is the next step and how do we work past this imposter syndrome? Yeah. And when we initially met, I remember you like struggling with the idea of um, having Katie Glenn online because you hated social media so much. (laughs) And again, there's been such a transformation in how you approach it. What was like the personal branding conversation that you had with yourself to decide to fully show up on there? You know what? It's crazy because personal branding, I have, I love the internet. Now I have, I have, I've had a weird relationship with social media because I, I've seen the negative impacts of social media on people firsthand. And so I've had a very weird relationship with it um, just from that experience. But um, I've been such a fan of the internet. Like I was the, I was like the 15 year old, like I was probably not even 15 at that point. I was, I think I was like 13, like 12 or 13. And I was on MySpace, like coding and like helping my other friends, like make their backgrounds like really pretty and stuff like that. And I wasn't supposed to be on MySpace at that time, but I was because I was like super fascinated by it. And so for a very long time, uh, we call it personal branding now, like the story, how we utilize our story, how we pull together our skills, our expertise, all of that, and how we present it to the world. That's really your personal brand, right? But I was working on personal branding when influencers were just bloggers on the internet. And like, I was, I started freelancing at 15, helping them, like, let me, let me help you design your blog and let me help you like build your Instagram because I was so fascinated by the internet when Instagram was a thing. I was like, oh, hashtags, like, that's so cool. Let's use it. Let's figure out how to use this. but I never did it for myself because I've always had this, oh, I'm okay with being the background. Like I, I've always been the kind of person where I love getting things done, but I don't need to be the person that's like the face of it at all. I just want it to get done. That's just, that's just it for me. Um, but I realize again, that that's because of the narrative that I've been telling myself about who I am. Like it's okay to be like, be that girl it's really okay, right? I never wanted to come across as like arrogant because a lot of people, people who've known me from my whole life will say, I'm very, very confident in myself, like very confident. But I absorb that. I don't want to be, I don't want to come across as arrogant. You know, I don't want people to perceive me as arrogant, but I also being very empathetic, like I've also been aware that not everyone has the same level of confidence as me. And so I always try to like bridge, bring myself down 
so that I don't become too much for certain people. And I'm not doing that anymore at all. I'm just like, I can be understanding that your confidence may not be where mine is, but we can talk about it, you know, but it doesn't mean that I reduce myself to fit in this little box so that other people feel better about themselves. Like I do no one, including myself, no one, any favors doing that. Um, so that personal branding conversation was a very long one. I mean, you know that I was like, I left social media. Yeah. I was like, I'm not doing this. Like, this is just too much. But then I was just like, okay, what is the story that I want to share about my life? Because I'm a sharer. I love being able to share everything that I've learned with people. And so it's like, okay, what is the story that I want to share about my life? And how do I want to share this? And the internet is like the quickest, easiest way to do that. Um, so I had to have that conversation. Okay, what do I want to share? How do I want to share it? And how do I want to make this more myself? You know, how do I want to, I don't want to absorb what I think I should be doing. Yeah. Rather, I want to do what I know I am supposed to do. And there is such a difference between both of those. Um, but that personal branding conversation was very hard. And I really sat down, I mean, pen and paper kind of girl and like wrote it out. I was like, this is what I'm working through. This is what I'm going to do. Um, and I want to show up. Like, I don't want to live my life and regret not being able to share those things with the world. And I think one of the things that helped was, I, I saw this as a sign. So I, I, we, I randomly went viral on Twitter last year. I remember. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I like deleted my Twitter a while back. And then I think it was like closer to Christmas. I was like, oh, you know, I wonder what's going on. I was like, let me just like sign in. I think I created a new account anyway. So I had like 10 followers, which was like you and like my other friends. <laughs> and I was happy in my little bubble, just like, yeah, you know, whatever. And I kind of, I wrote this thread about like my personal values. And I just don't know what happened, but it just went and I, I remember like, I think I messaged you, I messaged like Becky and like a few of my friends. And I was like, oh my God, like what's going on? And it's not like I've never dealt with viral stuff before. Like I've worked with brands and like influencers, like we know how to make things go viral, right? Yeah. But on a personal level, I was like, oh my God, all these people want to follow, are following me now. I'm like, what am I supposed to do about all of this? Like, hey, what is this? Who are you? <laughs> And like you go from 10 to like thousands of followers overnight to thousands of DMs. And I was just like, people actually want to hear what I have to say, like for real. Like it's not a hoax. It's they not do. something in my own head. It's uh -huh. just like people actually want to hear. And I remember one of the uh, one young lady sent me a message um, probably about six months later. She sent me a message and she was just like, it was one of the threads that I wrote and she was just like you have no idea how this transformed my life wow. she went from you know really struggling with her mental health and stuff um like unhappy in her job like unhappy about like who she was and I, and I actually wrote a thread at one point um that was about like um redefining who you are and 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 taking control of your own life kind of thing and she sent me a message literally thanking me and I, I was in tears because I was just like oh my god like this is not just I'm not just doing this just to do this like this is an actual thing and she sent me a thread um, a message just thanking me and it was at that point I was just like even if it's one person I'm gonna do this if yeah. it's just one person um that this this helps I'm really really going to do this because well I need to because otherwise like the people I am born to help and I'm born to share my story with a missing out 
And I'm not about to do that. At the end of my life, I'm not about to be like, oh yeah, you didn't do everything you were sent to do. Exactly. Like, that's just not, it's not, it's not my fault. I'm not doing that. No. Nope. Yeah. And the internet can be a big and scary place. But as you said, when you have like a pen and paper, and you decide what it is that you want to share. Your message can be so focused as opposed to just ending up sharing bits of everything. Mm-hmm. When your personal brand is like very strong, you decide, okay, this is the story I want to tell and people are following me for that message. You feel like you're online with a purpose as opposed to just consuming everything that's being yeah. said. Yeah. Um, you, everything that you're talking about now, I know that you did like a seven, was it a 75 day challenge at the start of this year? Mm-hmm. It, is that like part of it? And how's that? Yeah. Going? Yeah. So I did the 75 hard challenge. Um, what, when did I start? I started in January. Um, and I would not recommend starting it in, in winter. <laughs> like it was the most bizarre thing. I was you just like, like, cause posting in the dark, working out twice a day. And I was like, she's crazy. I, no way. No way. <laughs> I would not recommend doing it in winter at all um but again I'm one of those people like I put my mind to something I came across it and I was like oh I've always wanted to do it um and I start I tried to do it once and I because basically if you miss one of the things on your list um you have to start all over again and I tried it once I tried it and I think I made it to like I think I made it to like day 15 and like I didn't finish my water bottle and I had to start all over again. I was like, okay, no, um, we're gonna have to try this another time because I'm not about to keep doing this. <laughs> and that was probably around, I so I tried it in September, September, October, um, and I failed. And I was like, I'm okay with failing right now. I, I will hold this failure and I'll try again another time. And then like December came, And I'm such a challenge person. Like I love trying new challenges. I love pushing myself. I love seeing, okay, what are you actually going to do? Are you really going to keep the promises that you make to yourself? And so January came and I was just like, okay, I think I want to give it another go. I want to see how far I can go um, and really do it. And my partner, bless him, agreed to do it with me um, because you have to work out like um, twice a day and one has to be outdoor. And my outdoor was like, I was going to walk. Like I don't run outside in this England no thank you um like I'm not doing that so mine was I was one of my workouts was every single day I'll walk outside after work and obviously that being dark and being a woman there are certain things you have to consider so he was just like I'll do it with you anyway and it'll be some moral support sis I made it to I made it to the 75 I was just I was adamant that I was not about to fail again like when you taste failure you it's like I said like failure is data it's information and I realized why I failed the first time because I didn't have a routine around the challenge Mm -hmm. and so I went into this was like I've got a routine around it like I know what I'm doing I know when I need to finish my water bottle I know when I need to go for a walk I just I, I know I've got it all planned out um and doing that was me trying to prove to myself that I could also do hard things like I know that I can do hard emotional things right I know that um I've had so many challenges in my life that has forced me to be resilient but outside of that I was like okay I want resilience beyond just dealing with like trauma and all that stuff I want resilience on a day-to-day basis where I show up for myself because I believe that I'm capable of doing something and pre- doing that and proving to myself that actually I can do it. If I put my mind to it, I really can do something. 
made me go, oh, you lot can't talk to me like at all because like, look, I'm like, look what I have done. You know, when you kind of build that reputation with yourself and I say all the time, like confidence is really just building a reputation with yourself. The conversation that you have with yourself and really building that reputation, it takes time, it takes effort, but it really is just a conversation with your reputation. That's it. It was like, okay, what have I proven to myself about who I am? You know, what do I believe about myself? And what have I proven to myself about who I am? And when you nail that, like there are so many things that I approach now after that 75 hard challenge. I'm just like, I may fail at it, but you know what? I failed at the 75 hard the first time, but I got back up. I love that. And now I'm just like, failure is a part of life. Yeah. But it's okay because I have more information than I did the first time. Exactly. And I can take that information on. Yeah. I think that's one of my answers to imposter syndrome. I feel like anytime, even though it's coming from a place of like, you know, it's it's more mental when you can mm-hmm. back up with physical things that you've done it helps so much more to think okay I might not feel so good about this but here's what I've done this is what the data proves and if I try this now then I'll be fine because I've been fine yeah. before yeah so. the devil is in the data the details in the data I'm <laughs> exactly. like it's in the data if you go back and check it's in the data you yeah. know I have some more quick fire questions mm-hmm. um what's your favorite rate what's your uh What's your favorite way to unwind? Um, book reading. Like Ooh. my favorite thing to do yeah. is I, I grab a book. I sit in, I sit wherever I want to sit, likely downstairs in the lounge. And I just zone out, completely zone out. Now, my favorite way of all time is to be on the beach and, and, and read. <laughs> like that's my favorite thing. I'm like, put me on a beach, give me a book. And honestly, I'm not even nobody else is there I'm not paying attention to anything else um but yeah a book in the beach is probably my favorite things cool that leads to my next question actually what's your favorite book oh ah that's a (laughs) (laughs) that's a rare question to be asked um it completely depends but um I think a book that I would say every person should read at some point and I guess that would make it one of my favorite books is um Atomic Habits by James Clear um I just think I'm massive on personal development intentional living kind of thing and it's a life manual it's a really it's just a brilliant book 100% and I recommend everyone especially if you're in your 20s if you can master your habits at this point you'll have a much easier life and a much easier existence so that's a book I'd 100% um, recommend Um, but the book that I'm loving now um, that I've I've read it probably three times already in the since I bought it like a two months ago Um, and I pick it up every probably every few days and I go through it just like take random things from it Um, which caught me by surprise is Green Light by Matthew McConaughey um I've been like sending it I've been sending it to my friends I've been telling everyone's like you have to read this book you have to read his story and how he approached life and his perspective because it's so easy that you judge someone you just think oh yeah it's just like you know a-list celebrity like whatever (laughs) but like to to understand how he got to where he got to and like the way he approached challenges and the way he approached you know, certain things that he had to film and the sacrifices that he had to make. I was just like, wow, okay, I respect it. I really respect it. And so I go back into it whenever I need something. I go back, I was like, okay, how did he approach this again? And I think, okay, how can I, how can I find something similar in my own way? 
And I love books like that, that help yeah. me think, okay, how can I adopt this to my own life? This is another similar trait in people I love to look up to, but you guys tend to look at other people's stories and take something from it for your own. Because if someone else has done it before you, why not learn from that instead of trying to figure it out by yourself? Yeah. What's your favorite encouraging quote? Um, I think there's two. Um, it's we gather strength as we go. Um, there's a Latin version of saying that, but I'm really not going to butcher it. But um, we gather strength as we go. And I came across this when I read um, Ryan Holiday's The Obstacle is the Way. And really, it's for me, it's I think we often feel like we need to have all the answers and we need to have all the strength and we need to know everything before we begin the journey of anything right whether it's you want to start a business or your career or um you know you want to take your own life into your ha own hands and we often feel like we need to have all the answers and when I find myself like feeling like I need to have all the answers before I take the step to do things I say to myself you gather strength as you go like as you go you will figure it out because yeah. that's just how life is life is just a journey it's a path that we're all taking and we literally will gather strength as we go. The more you do and the more you build, the more confidence you have in yourself and the more confidence you have in who you are and what you're capable of. And that's where the strength will continue to go because you can see the proof in the pudding over time. Um, but so yeah, that's probably one of my favorite quotes of all time. And my second one would be, um, we dream, we stumble, we pursue. And I love that. Um, and it's that I have actually have it tattooed um, because it means so much to me. Like we dream, but make room for failure, make room for disappointment. So we're going to stumble. But regardless of that, we pursue, we keep going. We never stop until we get to the place that we want to be. Um, but life is a combination of all of those things, like dreaming, having a vision, stumbling, failing, not getting it right, being disappointed. Um, but pursuing because we have this drive and um the pursuit is so it's so worth it when we keep going I love those especially the first one wow yeah I think that one's probably gonna stick with me <laughs> um what would you say is one of your hardest lessons learned so far whether it be in business work personal development um I think I'd say the hardest lesson um is that nobody's coming to save you. Oh like, God, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like not a single person is coming to save me from myself. Like nobody, nobody's gonna come and save me. No friendship, no relationship, nothing is going to come and save me. And when I realized that, and I was fortunate in that I realized that at a very, very young age, so I've, I, I've saved myself a lot of trouble, but when you realize that it's a combination of fear and excitement because excitement, because you think, oh, like my life is really in my hands. You know, I can really do what I want to do. Yeah. And then the fear is like, oh crap, my life is in my hands. <laughs> like my hands, like why would, why would anyone give me my life? You know, like why would anyone trust me with, to like make any calls on my own life? But it's a combination of both of those things where it's absolutely terrifying. Um, but it's also exciting because you get to craft that for yourself. And it's a it's a it's a hard wake up call, but it's a necessary wake up call for every person. A thousand percent. 
And my final question is how are you stepping into future you and living intentionally? Um, I'm doing all the things that I wanted to do. You know, I'm, I gave myself a challenge for my 24th year, right? So I usually set goals based on my values and all that stuff. And I've still done that this year, but in June, when it was my birthday, I kind of looked back on my life and I was just like, and it's crazy because on the outside looking in, people just be like, what are you talking about? Because I've done so many great things over the last year, um, you know, scaled a podcast to thousands of downloads, bought a house, you know, started a new job, changed careers, all fantastic things, right? And I sat there and I was like, all of these things are great, but I have this uneasiness in myself. Um, and this is an acknowledgement that I'm not living up to my potential. And I've always said to myself, I will choose fear before I choose regret, because I would rather be afraid than be remorseful over the things that I didn't do. Like I'm just, regret terrifies me. So I said to myself, okay, what are we gonna do about this? Like, we're not going another year having this conversation again. Like we're not, we're not wasting a year at all. Um, and so I said to myself, okay, you can have your goals, that's fine. But what we're going to do is that we're gonna get curious about your life. Um, and instead of being impressed by my life and being impressed by other people's lives and being impressed by social media and branding on all of those things and being impressed by what I'm capable of, I'm going to become so much more involved in it. And there's a difference between being impressed and being involved. Like I'm actively taking on the role to, okay, I wanted to start a YouTube channel. Guess what I did? I started a YouTube channel. I want to, you know, I want to scale the next level of the podcast. That's what I'm doing. I'm working through that. I want to work through the next phase of work thrive. You know, I've made sure to put myself in positions where I'm able to do that. I start an accelerator program that's going to help me do that in September. Like I'm doing all the things that I'm afraid of. I'm going in the rooms that I'm afraid of. Like I'm, you know, saying yes to being a guest on podcasts and events again. Like I'm really doing it. I something as simple as I changed my hair, you know. I, 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 we as black women, we know that when the hair changes, it's like, it's a whole different person. I'm like, you can't talk person. to me. Like, <laughs> but something as simple as, you know, I'm opening myself up to be more of myself um, and less of like feeling like I need to be boss all the time. I can just be Katie and let's figure out what Katie is and step into that. And that's, you know, that's really what I've been working through. I've been, this is, has been my year of yes. And that's what I've been working through. Wow. Okay. Honestly, I'm so glad you came on here. You showed out <laughs> and showed out and everything that you said. I cannot wait for everyone to hear it. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can everyone find you online? Yeah. So um, if you want to follow my personal page, um, it's Katie Glenn, um, K-A-D-I-E-G-L-E-N-N. Um, that's on Instagram and Twitter and also on YouTube. Um, and if you want to keep up to date with Work Thrive, it's just at Work Thrive on Instagram. Ooh. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to follow myself at Chris Milan and the podcast at Channel Monday. I'll see you guys next week.